also Christian program of critical thinking and adventure. Uh, evil is out there in the world, and solid faith that accepts the full power of the gospel is the antidote. All right, so this is our spooky Halloween specials that we're doing right now, and we're going to be talking about the need to not pick a virtue and then corrupt that into something bad. Because, again, a lot of times we find that evil, heresies, and all things dubious, they're not necessarily something that just embraces suffering for suffering's sake. A lot of times there are things which like a single virtue at the cost of all other virtues, and that's always a bad thing. So we're going to read a story from the book of Acts, and we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 16, where there is a demon. Now, this is the story where Paul and Silas, they go to jail, and there's this whole mysterious thing about how they get released from jail. But oftentimes, people overlook the circumstances going there, and there's a possession there, and we need to talk about that and figure something out there. So, let's get right into this. And while we're reading it, there's two questions I want you to have. One, what is the demon, the evil, you know, what's the demon, the evil up to? And what is the antidote to this evil? All right, so Amanda, let's jump into it. All right, Acts 16, 16. As we were going to a place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. All right. In that one verse, you find a nefarious spirit up to nefarious things. Now, a lot of people may be like, well, is divination that bad? You know, look at people like Joseph in the Old Testament. Weren't they divining or something like that? You know, people ask all these questions. First off, we can have a discussion on divination another day. But that's not even the issue, issue here. There's a girl that is basically being the doghouse for the demon. She is owned by these people, and her sole existence is to be really a, a medium for this demon. The demon, it comes and lives inside of her, and it prophesies, it does whatever it may be doing, it fortune tells, and yeah, that's her existence. And I don't know about y'all, but that sounds pretty awful. Yeah, that's it's, it's definitely, this is, and I think that's then the point of the story is, like Dylan said, we can talk about the divination later, but we see somebody controlled and used by other people for, for their own gain versus seeing this person as another human being. So continuing with the story in verse 17, she followed Paul and and us crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for us for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned to her and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. All right. Now, what's interesting is the demon here. And again, it's an elusive one. People look at it and say, oh, is divination fortune tearing that bad? You know, it's sort of mysterious. You've got your little crystal ball. No, it is bad. Um, but that's another issue. But also the fact that this lady is possessed by a demon and she's owned as a slave just so this demon can live in her. That's bad. Um, that's bad. Yeah. But what's interesting is that the demon is actually saying something which is true. It's not spewing lies. It's not saying things which are really what you would expect the demon to say. Though, when you actually look at the Gospels, the demons are one of the, the first people, and in fact, in some of the Gospels, the very first people to call Jesus the Son of God. We find that this demon is saying, these men are servants of the Most High God. And they are proclaiming the way of salvation. Yes, and like, I mean, you even have in Scripture where, where um, Jesus says, yeah, even demons believe. And, and again, it's like, okay, that's, that's nice. But what's the problem here? And we find as we continue in our story, um, it is this oppressive nature and then the bending of truth. Yeah. The truth is about to get twisted far beyond where it is. And that's the problem. When you take one virtue, you say, well, I like truth, but you don't like anything else. Well, you can turn that truth and twist it into a nasty, nasty lie. 
So here's a continuation of the story now in verse 19. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us Romans to accept or to practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave them to be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison, fastened their feet to the stocks. All right, now this is one of those stories where, yes, there are literal things which happen here. There's an actual history that happened in the church, but also this is a broader representation for how evil works. Evil starts off telling something which may actually be true, but it's not got the truth coupled with other virtues. It's not coupled with a bigger picture. It's not in a naturally existing holy architecture. It's in something that's an unnatural. It's in a manipulated, corrupted architecture. And when the virtue of truth was separated, it it didn't stay truth for very long because it devolved into this, this proclamation that the owners of the slave girl had. They said, these men are Jews. And they're playing the identity card. Again, I I really hate when people do the whole identity politics things. And then they go on to say, and they are disturbing our city. Interestingly, they don't say how they're disturbing our city. They just throw out the accusation. And then they say they advocate customs that are not lawful for us Romans to accept and practice. Again, more identity politics. And they never actually say what they're doing. Do you ever find it odd, Amanda, that they don't say what the customs are? In well, this accusation. And I think that's the thing. Like you're talking about um, holding one virtue above the others. They had no problem with Paul and Silas being Jews, with being Christians, being followers of the Most High, proclaiming this gospel of salvation. They had no problem with that because this has been happening for days. No issue with that until they had to make the choice to transform their lives in light of that truth. Notice they had no issue until they no longer could make money by oppressing another human being. But once that other human being, the slave girl, encounters truth and her life is transformed, they now have to make a choice of whether or not they're going to let their lives be transformed, and then they no longer like the truth that they're trying to now twist for their own profit. And this is demonic oppression. Again, a lot of times we read over this, there is a literally a, a spirit that is living in this girl. And there's, there's no way that that's a good life. I don't know about you, but... Oh, of course not. Which means, like, <laughs> they either sought out somebody who was possessed or they allowed this girl to be possessed for their own gain. There are so many levels of, yes. of oppression and people participating in evil. Yes. Anthony. I will say, additionally as well, um, it, there's more to it than just, like, resistant to self-transformation. It wasn't just like they were like, okay, either I'm going to change now or I need to start persecuting. Paul and his, uh, the people who were with him, it was also this sense of an offense towards the transformation of others because it doesn't actually directly affect them outside of monetary gain. And so for them, it's better that people go untransformed and they gain, yeah. you know, which is especially more heinous than someone well, who yeah. says, I don't want to transform. There's, there is money to be gathered when people are not personally transformed. When people are not relieved of the things that, that corrupt them, it's it's bad. Well, anyways, as we looked at this, the evil has evolved. And so we talked about what evil is up to, but the second half of that question I asked earlier is what is the antidote to this? Amanda, if someone came to your situation, I mean, we all get those weird pastoral calls. Um, if someone calls you up and says, well, we have someone living with us and maybe we've enslaved them and been using her as a house for a demon, 
what what's the best solution for this? I mean, what what is the antidote to this sort of evil? Because this is a serious question because yeah. evil manifests in a lot of ways, and we have to to ask the question, well, what is the antidote to this? Well, and I think there there's a lot of complex things that people are enslaved to, whether it is um, a demon that we can kind of point out and it cries out and screams, or, or whether it is addictions or bad behaviors or to bad situations. And, and it, there are very complex answers that, that go along with journeying with people through those addictions and various things. Um, but I think the foundation finds in Paul's response in the name of Jesus Christ that there is truth. But this truth is not something that can be manipulated or used for your personal profit. It is something that transforms you individually and your community if you allow it. And in that truth, there is freedom. And freedom can only be found and expressed not in doing whatever I want to do, but in finding my identity, my hope, and my freedom in Christ. Yes, and to that point, a man is not saying in a piece of Christ. So you say, well, I'm going to tear... And when you see Jesus go to the cross, they want to tear apart his linens and they find that they can't. The same with the the entire character, testimony, and ministry and call of Christ. You can't tear it apart and find which piece you like. Your identity is found in Christ and sort of stop there. You're not someone who says, well, I like the idea that Christ is, he's a person of truth, but I don't like this idea of him being merciful. Or maybe you say, well, I like him being merciful, but I don't want like him being severe and actually bringing real transformation. You've got to embrace the full gospel in total if you want to have the antidote to stuff like this. It's not just picking one virtue, but the antidote is picking all of them, just accepting the call of Christ in, in total. We feel good? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll end that there. We'll go on to a break. All right. And now we're going to do something fun. We're going to play Hot Not or Sanctified with Halloween candy. We're going to try <laughs> to find out what the best Halloween candy is. There's all these lists on the internet. Our program around Halloween this year has a lot of lists involved in it, whether talking about demons or even candy. But I asked some of the the local people here in the the Church of the Nazarene to put together a list of the top 10 Halloween-type candies. So these were candies and sort of the the requirements for this is something you might get in a Halloween bag. So they're sort of seasonal, but they're also not something that would be like a large item. So we're going to do these in order. I'm going to let Anthony present them in Amanda and I will play Hot Not a Sanctified. If we say it's hot, we say we like where it's at on the list. It needs to be in the top 10 and it's where it should be. If we say not, then we're saying, well, it's either too high or too low on the list or shouldn't be on the list at all. And if we say sanctified, well, then God can decide. We can't decide, only God can. But we can only say sanctified once. That's sort of the trick there. And send us your thoughts, questions, comments. Anthony? First, I do love the idea that there are some candies that only God can decide whether or not they're this good. But in any case, as with all things that are good, sometimes that is the case. So some candies will make you think you're getting closer to God when you eat them. This is, it seems too good to be real. At number 10, we have gummies of any kind. And by the way, this is the only one on the list that is not extremely specific. Um, so gummy candies of any kind. I, I'm actually going to say not on that. I think they should be higher. I like specific gummies like Swedish fish. They've got the little gummy watermelon sharks and well, mm-hmm. the sour patch kids and the watermelon sour patch kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> should be higher. 
See, yeah. I'm just thinking like the classics, like gummy worms and gummy bears. I could down some gummy worms. Those are my favorite candies. So yeah, I'm gonna say not, not because it shouldn't be in the top ten, but just because it that should be like at least in the top five. Absolutely. I totally agree, but for me, it's really going to be because, call me a gummy prejudice, but sometimes the gummies aren't good. I only like particular gummies, so that would be my reason for not. I, I like all gummies. Bring them. <laughs> Number nine, candy corn with black. All right, so this one is quite specific. Not just any candy corn, but the black candy corn. So someone had given this to me, and um, evidently it's it's quite good. And I actually like the seasonal candies, um, like the... <laughs> Hearts you get around Valentine's, I could just eat those all day long, just nonstop. I can't, mm, I don't know about this one. I'm going to say not because I don't think it's on the right place. I think it's one that if you're into it, it should be really high. But if it's one that you're not, actually, no, I'm going to say hot, top 10, because this is a Halloween thing and that's part of the fall season. So I'll say hot. Yeah. And I think I'm going to say hot for the same reason, not because I personally enjoy candy corn, but because it is a Halloween candy. And when you think Halloween candy, you almost immediately go to yeah. candy corn. I've never heard of candy corn with black in it. Um, I can only hope it tastes better than regular candy corn. I don't know, but I think this is an appropriate place for it. All right. And at number eight, Tootsie Pops. Mm, uh, so it's at number eight. I would say not because I think it should be higher because I like Tootsie Pops. Um, I'm going to say not. I think it should be higher. Yeah, and I think also same same rationale, so not. And Tootsie Pops also are very, like, even though you get them year-round, during Halloween you get the brown and the orange and the red ones. You get fall color ones. Yep. And so those, I don't know why, but I think those taste better. They just seem to taste better in the fall, so I definitely think it should be higher in the list. Yep. I agree. Number seven, Tootsie Rolls. Not. I like Tootsie Pops more than Tootsie Rolls, so I've got to say not. I'm going to say hot because, I, I mean, like, even though in comparison I would put to Tootsie Pops, but Tootsie Rolls is about pretty good because it's, it's a good candy, but it's not it's not great. Sometimes you get the little ones. Sometimes you get the big ones. Sometimes you get the tiny ones that you're not quite sure may have been here last Halloween. Um, so that's always fun. Um, but they are kind of a, a, a the, the essential Halloween candy that they're always in the bottom of your bag. Yep. I would totally agree. In fact, actually, I was going to say that um, Tootsie Rolls for me have always been the last dish resort. I'm a sugar addict now because Halloween is, has passed and I've eaten all the rest of my candy, and now I'm having to resort to that, you know? Well, <laughs> to I, number I'm, seven. <laughs> I'm not going to put them that low, because I do like Tootsie Rolls. Man, especially the vanilla Tootsie Rolls. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And, like, the they have some of them that are flavored. Uh, yes, love, love them. <sighs> but I like Tootsie Pops more, so I've got to say not. Mm -hmm. all right. Number six, Mary Jane's. Now, this is also a seasonal thing. I'm going to say not because it, I, I can't live with the terror of Mary Jane's. They come to take your teeth away. Um, and that's all I've got to say with that. Yeah, I think that that should be, again, they're kind of like the candy corns. Like, they should be on this list because they're Halloween candies. You only eat them at Halloween, but they're nasty. And at some point as a society, <laughs> we have got to come together and be like, this is not good. It's like those nasty, like, cherry things you get at Christmas. Who likes them? Who eats them? Just, like, do away with it. Now, we I'm going to step in here. I do like <laughs> the, the seasonal candy. I'm not... And, and I know some people who like the cherry stuff, and I, I may or may not be on that list. I'm not going to rat myself out too much. But I I actually like the way that Mary Jane's taste. I actually think they're good candy. It's just 
they stick to your teeth. And I always have like a fear that like I'm going to get done with them and all my teeth will have been pulled out <laughs> because they're like glue. Just be swallowing your own teeth. Oh man! Yes, yes. Oh, it's it like, like the first like ten minutes of a of a horror movie. So anyway, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with not on. Just oh, can't stand this. But okay. Well, you guys heard what I had to say about Tootsie Rolls. Let's just say that the Mary Janes don't even get resorted to. <laughs> they just get thrown <laughs> so, away. Like, come on, man. We gotta have some love for them. They're not. They're not that bad. I guess I'm the only don't one here to take up for them. Don't even eat them, dude. Don't even. Eat it them. is like swallowing your own teeth, though. So that's. that's all right. Number five, Twix. You can – there's a lot of things to do with Twix. Um, Twix, they look a little bit like a Subway train. That's how I always envisioned them. They were like the Subway sandwich of candies when I was like a young child. But Twix is pretty good. That's an exciting one to get. I would say hot – I'm not as big of a fan of Twix, but – no, I'm going to change that to not. I don't think they should be in the top five. If they were number six, I would say hot, but not. I don't think they're in the top five. I'm going to go with hot because they are kind of number five, which is kind of in the center, so they can kind of go either way, either low or high. And so I think they're, they're pretty good right there. If it was the white chocolate Twix, what is with you and it me? would be too low. Mm. I will say I agree that white chocolate is always the bomb. Moving you... on, number four. Reese's pumpkin, which I'm gonna just gonna say right now, hot and maybe even better than number four. That should be number one. I really think so. Like Reese's pumpkin, any of the seasonally shaped Reese's should always be number one for for you got the pumpkins in Halloween, the trees at Christmas, the hearts at Valentine's. Like we should just have year round seasonally shaped uh, Reese's, and that would be like it just is is the best in the world. So I'm gonna say not just because that should be number one. Uh, I, I'm i going to have to say not as two because I do think they should be higher. But they, they say that when God was short on manna, when they were in the wilderness, he gave them Reese's and <laughs> Reese's things. Um, so so much lore here. Just so much Reese's. lore there. You you didn't know that. All those little questions like, what if there wasn't enough manna? Well, they got Reese's cups. <laughs> um, that's the answer there. Holidays, <laughs> desert food. Everywhere. For I all just, occasions. I just love the image of Reese's coming down there like, why is it in this shape? What even is a pumpkin? <laughs> what is a pumpkin? It doesn't matter. Just eat it. It's good. <laughs> it's what is it? <laughs> it's what it is. Um, oh, man. I do think it should be higher. I don't think it should be number one. I think Reese's should probably be number two, though I can't think of something I would want at number one because like Reese's and even those Reese's cups they have now that have the Reese's pieces in it, like that is a number one candy. <laughs> Um, Reese's inside of Reese's I'm, I'm going to say Reese's. not, though I can't justify where it should be. I'll say it should be number two, maybe. We can all at least agree it definitely deserves top five. Yeah, not yeah. needs to number be Number three, Werther's Original Caramel Rounds. Caramel Rounds. The Caramel Rounds. Yeah, these are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't put them in there with, like, Halloween candy. I put them with, like, the vitamin C drops. <laughs> And which I think are really good candy too. Like vitamin C drops might be my number one on like candy list. I I love to eat those. You just eat bags and bags of them. Could eat them till I popped. And they're ten calories a piece, by the way. Um, if anyone needs to do the math <laughs> on how many you can eat. Um, the Werther's originals, they're pretty good. They're not like swap they're like eating Mary Jane's if you weren't swallowing your teeth. Oh, so is these the hard ones or the chewy ones? They're the hard ones. Okay, yeah, then I like the hard ones. I'm going to say not. I think they should be a little... I don't think they should be this high on the list. I'm going to agree. I would agree with that also. Number two, the Hershey's bar. And this is just the general Hershey's bar? 
Well, if it goes in a in a trick or treat bag, usually yeah. they're the fun size, and yep. anything called fun size should yes. never be on a top ten list. That's true. These are all things that can go in a, a fun in a in a bag, so therefore they're all depressingly small. Because like Hershey's bars with like coffee is great, um, mm. but again, you can't stop with one. It's such a generic candy, though. But it is a generic candy, so that's reason for it to be high or low. Um, I'm going to say not because I think the Reese's Cup should be number two. Amanda? Oh, I just don't even know. I think if I put Reese's as number one, I'm okay with Hershey's being number two, so I'm going to go with hot. All right. And mm. the suspense, what is number one? If you've been listening to this list, <laughs> take a guess at what number one would be and send it to us, and then we can reply to your comments. But, Anthony, what was number one that the local people here decided was in Halloween candy? And number one is the Heath Bar. Mm. I just don't get that one at yeah, the, all. The number one on list are always a, a – <laughs> everyone's always going to be mad at that. I think it should be a top ten candy, maybe even a top five candy. But I'm going to say not. Since I wasn't able to say sanctified, I'm going to go with sanctified. And this is why, because I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand why they thought that needed to be number one. So I kind of want to know why. So I'm going to, I'm just going to say sanctified and leave it there. Even though I think Reese's should be number one. Well, I'll be very contradictory right now. (laughs) Well, I will say this. If I had to pick a candy that could be number one, it probably wouldn't be Heath. It might be, hmm... I don't know. I guess I'll be be happy with with that. Not necessarily this one, but yeah, it should be. So I'm gonna say not. I'm gonna stay stick with not. Yeah, we'll leave that there. Oh, if I did have one to throw us one, it would be the milk chocolate reasons. Reasons weren't even on this list. Come on, reasons are great candy, but they have these milk chocolate reasons that are out now. That should be number one. It's like the Heath bar taken to its ultimate conclusion. And what about you, Amanda? For a Number one, is it the Reese's Cup? Yeah, I definitely think the Reese's Pumpkin. I, I can't think of any. I mean, I love gummy worms. I love Butterfingers. Ooh, I just remembered something better. There's a Butterfinger Crisp. It's like a Kit Kat and a Butterfinger put together. That should be like the ultimate number one. And you can only seem to get them around Halloween. And where was Butterfinger and Kit Kat on this list? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to say sanctified to this list because it was missing <laughs> some things. It was a good list, though. It was a good it list, It had though. some interesting it was a, on it. It was actually, I think, a pretty great list. Yes. But, all right. M&Ms weren't on there either. Yeah. Or peanut M&Ms. Or the, the, the holiest of holies. People are going to excommunicate me for that. But the caramel M&Ms, oh, they're great. The caramel you M&Ms with pretzels. You have such weird opinions about candy. It's great. <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, thank you for joining us. Send us your thoughts, questions, or comments. And, again, if you want to talk to someone, you want to talk to a pastor, please reach out to us if you want to, to come closer to knowing the the lord or you want to be someone who has serious things to talk about yes we had fun with halloween candy but there are serious things in life Um, please reach out to us and on that god love you and have a blessed day